0: Happy Blessed Thursday to all of those who are watching us. As far as uh, Bible study is concerned, we want to welcome you as we continue uh, our study in the letter that Peter wrote to the church. Uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 will be our focus for today. I am certainly uh, delighted that you have been able to join us on our various platforms, be it uh, Facebook, YouTube. church website, or even on the telephone. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us as far as today's conversation is concerned. And as we prepare to have um, this discussion as far as uh, what Peter was writing, I want to really focus on being careful about destructive doctrines, being careful about destructive doctrines. And here is uh, why we want to focus on destructive doctrines, because basically what you believe is how you behave. Let me say that again. Uh, What you believe is how you behave. And oftentimes the reason why we have uh, people who have what I would call um, an interesting behavior pattern is based upon what they believe, especially when it comes to theology, their understanding of God and even the church. And so for anyone who says, uh, you know, I don't want all that doctrine, you're basically saying, uh, in effect, that number one, you don't want to be taught. Number two, you don't want to understand the um, history as far as the church is concerned. Number three, you don't want to understand the personhood of the Trinity, uh, God the Father slash Creator, Jesus Son slash Redeemer, Holy Spirit, uh, Comforter, uh, slash helper. You don't want to understand any of that. You just want to do you and basically live out your truth. And I want you to understand that in this age and era, particularly as far as this cultural ethos is concerned, living your truth may at times go contrary to the will of God as far as your life is concerned. Let me say that again. Living your truth may go contrary to the will of God as far as your life is concerned. And this is where we have to understand what we believe, why we believe, what we believe, and then, of course, live and practice that belief. There's a difference between tradition and traditionalism. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. With that being said, as we get ready to drill down as far as what Peter is going to be talking about It's going to be important for us to have a greater appreciation for why we believe what we believe. Now, um, I um, brought a course here uh, when I became pastor called CEO, Christian Education Orientation. It is basically the basic tenets of the faith when it comes to a Baptist understanding of why we do what we do and how we flow here at St. Paul Church. There are some things that churches fall out over that really have nothing to do as far as whether or not you're going to make it to heaven. It has nothing to do whether or not God loves you and God has saved you from your sins. Things, of course, such as, uh, do you speak in tongues or not? Do you have women in ministry or not? Do you have women deacon? Uh, Where do you stand as far as... um, Uh, certain things as far as uh, how uh, women flow as far as your ministry is concerned Uh, what what color will your choir robes be what color is the carpet going to be you know all that kind of stuff are preferences and differences that really have no basis as far as whether or not you're going to make it to heaven and it has no basis on whether or not you're saved however there are some things that you and I are expected, regardless of where we fall on the theological spectrum, and regardless of what our denominational appreciation and affiliation are, you and I are expected to understand, to appreciate, and to appropriate. And Number one is the sovereignty of God. Number two is the personhood and the deity of Jesus Christ. Number three is uh, the movement of spirit as far as our lives are concerned. Um, folks can, you know, debate on whether or not you were water baptized through immersion or sprinkle. That's not going to have any bearing on whether or not you're going to make it into, the, into heaven. Um, but when it comes to particularly for the church, the personhood of Jesus to dismiss his humanity and his deity, will cause some issues as far as church is concerned so i want to unpack this in a very meaningful way because um, your doctrine if it's not correct and if it's not grounded in the proper thing can mess you up and for those that are watching I me mean, this is very very important uh, stuff so second peter uh, chapter 2, starting at verses 1 through 3. That was kind of my intro, my prologue. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek what God wants to do and reveal to us at this moment. God, we come to you and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to study your word one more time. And as we uh, go beneath the surface, uh, not dealing with the shallow, but Uh, having an appreciation for the depth of who you are in your word. We pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, you will teach us at this moment. Illuminate our hearts and our minds to understand and apply the things that we gather and glean in this moment so that basically we can live out uh, who you've called us to be in a very rich and real way. It is in Jesus' name we do pray and we claim it done. Amen. Second Peter uh, chapter 2, starting at 1 through 3. And let's uh, read this and let's mark it up. Verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there would be false teachers among you who will secretly bring into destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. Verse 3, by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and the destruction does not slumber. So let's go ahead and let's mark this passage up, and let's go ahead and prepare to do a deep dive as far as this is concerned. But there were also false prophets. If you would highlight the phrase false prophets, and if you would circle the word false False prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers, if you would highlight the phrase false teachers. And circle the word false. Draw a line from the word false in the first clause to false in the second clause. Even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring destructive heresies, if you would, underline the phrase false who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Circle the word destructive. Highlight the word heresy. Even denying the Lord who bought them, if you would highlight that phrase, denying denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction, if you would, Underline the phrase swift destruction. Circle the word destruction. Draw a line from the word destruction um, in this last clause to destruction in the B clause. Destructive rather in the B clause. Verse 2. And many will follow their destructive ways. Underline the phrase destructive ways. Draw a line from destructive to destruction in verse 1. Because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. If you would highlight the phrase, the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, highlight the phrase by covetousness. They will exploit you with deceptive words. Underline the phrase, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Circle the word deceptive. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle. Highlight the phrase, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. If you would circle the word destruction, draw a line from destruction in verse 3 to destructive ways in verse 2. All right. So let's start... um, today's conversation, because what I want to uh, help you to appreciate and understand that what we're dealing with in 2021 is the same thing they were dealing with in the early church, and that is false doctrines and beliefs. Okay? Now, Let me just say that one of the things that we have to be very careful about is being able to discern what is true and what is false. Just like there were false prophets in the Old Testament, there would be false teachers as far as the church is concerned. What we have to understand is that the enemy has a way (coughs) of bringing on insidious behaviors as far as the church is concerned. If you notice that in verse 1, Peter switched from writing about false prophets of the past to false teachers in the present that was teaching the same heresy. Remember that during the Old Testament antiquity, you have false prophets who rose up to counteract what the real or true prophets of God had to say. And oftentimes the false prophet would basically give the people what they wanted to hear. Let me say that again. False prophets often gave the people what they wanted to hear. We see this relatively evident particularly in the writings of Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Uh, We we see it as far as in the, the historical books. We see it as far as the prophet Elijah is concerned when he had to battle 450 of Baal's prophets and another 400 of Asherah's prophets for a total of 850 false prophets that he had to do battle with. So these false prophets often gave the people what they wanted to hear rather than what thus says the lord whereas a true prophet gave you what thus says lord whether you wanted to hear it or not i want to suggest that unfortunately (laughs) one of the scriptures that is often so often taken out of context is jeremiah 29 and 11 when he says "For i know the thoughts that i have for you thoughts of peace Uh, not to harm you or do anything to you. And oftentimes, folks, they take that and they think that is a glowing prophecy and they misinterpret it by virtue of the fact that what Jeremiah is saying is that y'all are getting ready to go into exile. And how we interpret it in today's culture is we look at it as a blessing rather than as a warning. Let me say that again. We look at it as a blessing rather than... As a warning, so we have to be very careful as far as how we interpret uh, biblical passages, so that we won't come up with erroneous doctrine. So let's continue to to, to look at this. When we see false prophets being contrasted to false teachers, notice what Peter says. He says that the false teachers are going to come from among you. Now, who is this among you? Church folk. They're not going to come from the outside. They're going to come from among you. Understand that during the time of of Israel, the false prophets did not come from some pagan religion that was far off, but rather it came from within the nation of Israel. Okay? Okay. And, and, and notice how, how, how Peter says, and they're going to secretly, secretly bring or introduce their false teachings, which are destructive heresies. All right. This word secretly means to bring in alongside, to infiltrate. All right. Uh, when we think about heresies, heresies, uh, basically, um, are false teachings. And they're destructive because they lead people away from Jesus Christ into spiritual ruin. So, let's, let's, let's look at this because just in verse 1, I can stay here for a moment. When we look at the entire chapter 2 of Peter's writings, to the church, he's really giving the church warning, severe warning about the false teachers who have infiltrated or who have come up in the church and who threaten young believers away from the truth. God knows we we see this even in today's culture and society through um, the heresy of a prosperity gospel through the heresy of um, black religious identity cults um, like the black Hebrew Israelites and the nation of Islam. We have to be very careful how some of these false teachings infiltrate and tickle the ears of our people. We even have to be very careful because any particular heresy that basically diminishes the personhood of Jesus Christ is false. So Peter is sparing no words. He's not giving a break to the false teachers. And and he explains their evil characteristics. He talks about the danger of their teaching, and he lets us know what their fate will be in the end. And and, and the church has to identify who these false teachers are, who these cults are. So what dangers do we face in today's culture? Well, false teachers may be the ones who ignore or who leave out elements of biblical teaching like the second coming of Jesus Christ. They will dismiss that. They will dismiss the culture infiltration into our lifestyles through materialism and secularism. Okay? they will dismiss the pitfalls of sexual immorality they will dismiss greed and so believers today would do well to hold on to Paul's to Peter's warning against false dangers against false teachers because guess what the the danger is great and it is real god knows we have seen our share of cults and false teachers over the years. One of the ones that really come to mind, uh, for those of us that are really over the age of, I would say, 50, would be Jim Jones. Uh, Another one would be David Koresh. But we also got false teachers, like the black Hebrew Israelites, who have taken biblical passages and would have you to think that they are the original Hebrew Israelites, which is false. Uh, they would take a passage of Scripture and twist it. And if you're not grounded in Scripture and in history, you will believe what they say. Because guess what? It sounds good. <laughs> it tickles your ear. It affirms your black identity and it's so wrong it is so wrong this is why unfortunately a lot of our young people get caught up in uh some of this stuff because guess what they have not been grounded in truth so let's let's talk about what these these heresies are the focus of the false teachers then really was connected to jesus christ whom they denied, okay, Um, they would say that Jesus is not whom we say he is, okay? So when we talk about these false teachers, Peter had to explain that just like with the prophets, God worked through humans to give his word to people, and at the same time as God is working, check this out the enemy is working, okay? That as God is giving his word, the enemy is giving a word, all right? Just as God is giving good word, dropping good seed, the enemy is also sowing false seed. The real prophet often spoke and wrote God's word, but there was also false prophet's who contradicted the real prophets now guess what this is even apparent in today's culture and while we want to talk about jim jones and david koresh i want to suggest that we see this type of bad teaching and doctrinal uh stance even in politics unfortunately unfortunately For some of our conservative, evangelical white brothers and sisters who want to connect a divine God-given agenda to the Republican Party and to Donald Trump, that is false teaching. That is a bad doctrine. I would even dare say for those that try to do the same thing with the Democratic Party, it's a false teaching. It's a bad doctrine. So we got to be very careful. We got to be very careful not to connect our political preferences to some God ordained design person that is quote to be the beside. It doesn't work like that. Now, I know I'm getting in some hot water with some folks by even suggesting, but I'm here to let you know that Donald Trump, God knows, was not the second coming. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump, I would dare say, was not one that was anointed by God to do anything. And unfortunately, remember, you had a whole lot of preachers that were predicting that he was what? Going to be reelected. And God knows we got to be very careful because for some folks, they would accept that as truth and they would do all that they can. Watch this, in their behavior to make it come to pass. Now, let me drop this on you. Whenever God gives a prophetic word, you ain't got to do nothing to make it to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. You live your reality. You follow what God will have for you. Now, ultimately and eventually, it's going to come to pass. This is why I tell folks, and I want to reiterate again. When folks talk about, well, you know, uh, Jesus is coming back, I tell folks, listen, if you do what the Lord tells you to do in the first coming, the second coming will take care of itself. All right? So I don't deny the second coming because I believe that one day it will happen. But the Bible tells us that no man knows the time nor the date when that's going to unfold. Just do what the Lord told you to do in the first coming. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Carry out the great commission. You know, preach the gospel, teach the gospel baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that Jesus has commanded us, and he has promised to be with us even until the end of the age. He promises to be with us as we what, carry out his work. All right. So let's be very careful because understand that false prophets do not speak God's words. They bring messages to make people and make politicians feel good. All right. Uh they, they they want to get invited to the to the breakfast or to the lunch and schmooze with certain political figures. And don't get it wrong, don't get it twisted. There's nothing wrong with that, but do not abdicate, do not abdicate your priestly and prophetic function just to get a seat at a table. So let's let's understand that there that, that we have to we have to appreciate the difference between a heresy and difference of opinion, all right? There's a difference between heresy and difference of opinion. When we talk about heresy, and and this is why I want you to look at that word heresy in, in verse one, heresy really refers to what is considered to be uncompromisable doctrines of the church. They are cardinal doctrines of the church. And to misinterpret them would be destructive to Christianity. This is why you gotta be very careful about whose table you sit at and eat. <laughs> this is why you got to be very careful about who you listen to when it comes to teaching and preaching. Because when it comes to heresy, if you're not careful, you will adopt a heresy as truth, practice it, and you'll be in trouble. All right. So, for example, think about it. Differences of opinion applies to issues that we ain't going to ever really solve. All right? Differences of opinion. Um, <laughs> um, and, 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 and interestingly, it's stuff that particularly most black churches don't even get caught up in. Um, Calvinism versus Arminianism. Most of us don't even know what that is. Um, infant baptism. Uh, roles of women in the church. Except Those are differences of opinion, okay? But when it comes to doctrine of church, the deity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, the trinity, the atonement of Christ, those are things that we can't compromise. Those are things that we can't just turn a blind eye to. And and, and and so you got to know why you believe what you believe. Uh, and a lot of what we believe is rooted or should be grounded in what we call the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed. Let me say that again. The Apostles' Creed. And I know that a lot of us have not been taught what the Apostles' Creed is, but it's a very... Important foundational aspect as far as the church is concerned, and it helps us to understand why we do what we do. You know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that's dealing with God as creator, the sovereign creator. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he's going to come and judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. The word Catholic does not mean Catholic Church as we think Catholic as a denomination, but the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Those are foundational doctrines of the church and for anybody to dismiss those basically when you hear them say oh that doesn't matter run <laughs> let me say that again when you, when, you hear, when you hear folks say oh that doesn't matter run let me say that one more time when you hear them say and eh, you ain't got to believe in the resurrection run alright false teachers lost teachers (sighs) I'm still on verse 1 I hadn't even gotten out of verse 1 yet Peter wants us to be careful about responding or accepting political reactionaries extreme environmentalists and anything else that pulls us away from what the church is all about. All right? You got to be able to separate good teaching that leads us to Christ from bad teaching that may be off-center, but it tacks on to the gospel to ugly teaching, which is false teachings or heresies to be avoided. So let me, if I could, give you a couple of things to, to, to be aware of. This, this, will, this will help you to, to deal with it. Number one, use condemnation sparingly. In other words, don't be so quick to condemn somebody. Somebody might just have an off-centered idea that may be kind of weird, but not necessarily a heresy. So, someone may be a misguided teacher Uh, And they're sincere, but they're not false. What I mean by that is none of us understand God perfectly. So we got to be generous and we got to be helpful uh, before we condemn and cast somebody out. So we got to be willing to help people to understand what the proper teaching is. Another way that may help you as far as this is concerned is pay attention to that teacher's ethical and moral lifestyle. False teachers have immorality in their lives. Watch how they treat people, and watch how they treat money. Okay? And then finally, I want you to hear me and hear me well, choose your church carefully. All right? Is the living Christ the center of, of, of that church? Is prayer important? Is there a high view of Scripture that is honored and taught? Is God working in that house? Because what I come to understand is that you can have false churches may be busy, but their teaching reveals the void when Christ and the Bible are pushed to the side. And if that's the case, run. Okay? When, 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 when the Constitution... And the bylaws come more important than the Bible. Run. Run. Let me say that again. Run. Alright. So Peter is letting us know you're going to have false teachers. They're going to come from among you. And you got to be careful. And 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 basically all Peter is doing is telling us what Jesus told him. Jesus told him, listen you got to beware of false prophets. They're going to come to you in sheep's clothing, but they're wolves, and you're going to know them by their fruit. Uh, he talks about how they're going to be false Christs and false messiahs who will, who will appear and produce signs and omens, lead folks astray, even the very elect, but be ready because I've already told you everything. All right? So it happens. It happens. It, it happens. It happens. They will even deny Jesus, and that's going to bring swift destruction. Now, this is what a false teacher will not do. Apparently, false teachers aren't making the claims to be prophets. However, their words are dangerous. When they come up among the church or from within the church, they work to secretly bring into the church destructive teachings. And and these false teachers knowingly seek to turn people from the truth by pushing their false teaching that only leads to destruction and judgment. Let me drop this on you. Any deviation from the truth is no longer the truth. Alright. These false teachers, they were in the church, but they were influenced by outside pagan sources. All right. Back then, the apostles had to battle false teachings that had infiltrated the church. Like now, we got to battle false teachings. So this is why I want you to understand. You got to evaluate. Any book, any tape, any series of TV message according to the word of God, you got to look for the biblical undergirdings that backs up their points. You you got to be careful about special meanings or interpretations that belittle Jesus Christ and his work. So anything that tries to make Jesus small and insignificant, run, run, run. Run! I am still trying to pull apart verse 1 because this is the root or the crux of the matter. Whatever forms false teachings, false beliefs, false doctrines take, they amount to these teachers denying the works of Christ. What is the work of Christ? It's the redemptive capacity that Jesus did on a hill called Calvary. That denying the work of Christ, the blood that he shed, the redemption that he brought forth, means that you are listening to heresy. And when we think about the aspect of redemption, When we think about the understanding of redemption, I want you to understand that this word, bought them, literally means redeem in the Greek. When we think about redemption, it is connected to the idea of how God redeemed Israel from slavery out of Egypt. And since God redeemed Israel from slavery, that meant that they were his people. When we think about New Testament understanding of redemption, it is that a person meant to buy that person out of slavery. Now watch this. The slave could be purchased and then they can continue to act like a slave or they can act like they're free. Ooh, that's a major revelation. All right. The unfortunate reality is that many of us have been redeemed, but we still act like we're slaves. Peter is trying to let us know That false teachers have no allegiance to Jesus Christ as their Lord. By their teachings and their lifestyle, they deny who Jesus Christ is. Now, let me see if I can cause, cause this, again, I'm still on verse one. And the question that I raised as I was preparing this study is what does it mean to deny the Lord? Who bought them out and bring on themselves swift destruction. Well, there are there there are several views about the question I just raised. The first one is uh, that they could have been false teachers who were believers but lost their salvation. Now, according to scripture, you can't lose your salvation. So so we know it ain't false teachers who were believers who lost their salvation. Another thought is that the false teachers had joined the Christian community and seemed to be a part of it, but they later denounced Jesus and tried to convince others to denounce Jesus like them. Another thinking is that these false teachers were bought in the same sense of being created, but they weren't saved. But the problem here is that a different word would have been used if Peter meant that. Another aspect of this thinking is that false teachers only said they were saved, but they were lying. And then another thinking is that these false teachers had been bought by the blood of Jesus just as Christ's blood is sufficient to save everyone who ever lived, if everyone chooses to believe. However, false teachers never accepted Jesus Christ as their savior, and therefore they weren't saved in the first place. So, out of these different understandings that I just shared with you, the last one I just mentioned, as well as the, as the aspect of the false teacher Joining the church, looking to be a part of it, but later denouncing Jesus, those might be two of the more acceptable understandings as far as that view of the question is concerned. Let me hurry up and speak along and, 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 and get this done. When we look at verse 2, and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way truth will be blasphemed. The unfortunate reality is that many false teachers are successful and they lead people astray. Let me say that again. Many false teachers are successful and they lead people astray. This is why I take preaching and teaching very seriously because guess what? Whatever I teach and preach, And if you believe that to be the gospel and you believe that to be the word of God and you govern your life by that, God holds me as your pastor teacher accountable for what I share with you. All right? So, unfortunately, false teachers are successful. They turn many from the truth into following their shameful ways. When he talks about uh, destructive ways, he is talking about uh, sexually immoral practices and, and that was kind of the practice back then because you had what was called the temple prostitute in pagan religions All right, and so uh, part of the issue was getting people caught up in sexually immoral practices and you hear about that particularly in some of these cults where they have uh, the leader has a whole bunch of different women that are sexually connected to them, um, um, and and I, I, I think somebody may even suggest and or men or boys. Okay, so these sexually immoral ways are or how uh, the false religion or the false teaching uh, is employed. Secondly, they will bring the way of truth into uh, disrepute. In other words, they will discredit. The gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the way, truth, and the life. So, in Peter's first letter, he had to explain at length the importance of us living a blameless life before an unbelieving culture, all right? That we had left our sinful life to become Christians. And if we had left our sinful life to become Christians, and the pagans might wonder why they were coming back to paganism, Peter is letting us know that if you follow the false teachers into shameful living, it's going to malign the gospel before the entire world, all right? So this is why we cannot allow for the truth of God to be blasphemed. I come up on verse 3, um, and we talk about, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been been idle. Here it is. There has always, always, always been fake prophets, fake preachers, fake pastors, as far as the community of faith is concerned, that have tried to mess with the flock of God. And and in their greediness, uh, they have turned the church into a marketplace, okay? That, that term exploit is literally a market term. It means to buy and sell and trade. Um, and unfortunately, there are some pastors who will exploit congregations by preaching a gospel that make you feel good but that ain't good. There, there, there are some pastors and, 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 and preachers that will preach a gospel that will tickle your ear, but it ain't from God. That's exploitation. Why? Because they want to raise the money. They want to make sure that, that, that you give. So they want you to, to uh, uh, do certain things that ain't got nothing to do with the word of God. They will even make up stories that is not even their own just to exploit you. All right? Um, they will distort the truth and say what you want to hear rather than what you need to know. False teachers, false teachers are greedy for power, greedy for a response from the crowd. Um, they're more concerned about numbers of converts or speaking engagements rather than being concerned about sharing truth. Ah, so Peter gives us some warning signs. This is how you have to, how you can know who those false teachers were. Greed, lying, backbiting, Immoral living, taking the word of God and flipping it to fit their modality. Um, Got to be careful about that. And so as I get ready to close, when you teach people that they can live any way they please without the fear of punishment, that's very popular, but it ain't truth. When you teach people, live your truth um, that may go contrary to the word of God, that, that ain't popular. Um, um, we, we, we got to be very careful to help people to understand that one day judgment is coming. That one day we all have to give an account of everything that we do in our body and thought, word, and deed. Now, this destruction that he talks about may not come right now, but when God sends judgment, it will be quick, fast, and in a hurry. Okay? Um, There are some false teachers who say, you know, Jesus ain't coming back. He's been coming back for the last 2,000 years and he ain't come back yet. Well, The Bible says that a thousand years are like a day in his sight. While I'm not trying to pinpoint when Jesus is going to come back, I believe that one day he will. I might be here or I might be dead and gone. But whenever he decides to come back, that's on him. That ain't on me. All I want you to know is that you got to watch out for these false teachers because God's promises will come to pass. God knows what's happening God will condemn and destroy false teachers and those who blindly follow them. Those who blindly follow them. And so uh, as I close right now, um, I kind of lay it out for you all what happens when you connect or when you accept bad teaching or heretical teaching what it leads to. Next week, we're going to try to unpack um, verses 4 through 11. And I'm going to be honest, that whole passage right there, honestly speaking, I could do three Bible studies out of that, but I'm going to try to do one Uh, because it's so rich as far as biblical truths are concerned Uh, But we're going to stop right there. Before I close out, let me see if there are any questions. All right. Does it matter or play a part if the minister or pastor is not completing seminary, but in the leadership role or the pastor of the church in getting false doctrine? Repeat that again. Does it matter if the pastor is completed seminary when it comes to discerning? No. 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 No, it, 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 it doesn't matter if the pastor has or has not completed seminary. Um, um, I think that that seminary or theological education is very important because what theological education does is give you the resources or the tools to think a certain way. And I do not dismiss nor, or, nor uh, desecrate theological uh, education because I have an earned doctorate. Um, however, I think that is very important also to understand that, I never we'll forget something that my late mentor and advisor, uh, Reverend Doctor Samuel DeWitt Proctor, shared with me, and I share it with others. When it comes to theological education, eat the meat and spit out the bones, because in some seminaries you have atheists who are teaching Bibl- who teach the Bible from a literary perspective, uh, but do not ascribe to its biblical truths. Any other questions? All right. So um, as we close, um, as far as uh, today's sharing is concerned, um, I want to thank each and every one of you all for joining us. And of course, want to give you this wonderful opportunity to uh, be a blessing as far as uh, the ministry is concerned here at St. Paul. And as we pray to close out, Uh, Even in this moment of teaching, you have the wonderful opportunity to give. Uh, You can give here at St. Paul through uh, several means. The first one is by mailing a check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. The second way is by either bringing your check, money order, or cash to the church. Um, And if you decide to drop it off, uh, call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We will place it in a safe and make sure it's part of the count that following Sunday. Another way you can give is by going to our website and giving through either through ACS or Church Life. And then finally, you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app, on your smart device, download that app, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So at this time, I, I wanted to um, encourage you that if you feel led to, to give, go ahead and, and, and do that. I want to thank you because you're sowing into, into great ground. Let me just also say that on Father's Day, Father's Day, we're going to be um, sending out uh, registration capacity And I'm going to allow for uh, 50 fathers. Um, No, let me make that 75. 75 fathers. 75 fathers. Uh, I would love to see fathers on Father's Day. So um, uh, we're going to allow for 75 fathers that um, uh, hopefully and preferably if you're vaccinated, we would love for you to uh, come. We're going to be sending out links as far as that's concerned. Uh, for you to sign up to register uh, to come on Father's Day and that is uh, in our worship experience on Father's Day. I would love to see you Uh, so I wanted to give you a head start. I believe we'll probably send that link out sometime next week as far as um, men to register as far as Father's Day. Now let me just say something um, before somebody get upset with me. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I know that in in today's culture, you know there, there, there are some folks who say, "Well, you know, um, in my household, we, we didn't we didn't have a father. My mother was my father." No, we ain't talking about mothers who played the role of father because that it doesn't work like that. I'm talking about fathers, male men, men who have produced children. Either biologically, legally, or whatever. All right, I, I'm not talking about, you know, um, sisters who said, "Well, you know, I was my child's mother and father." No, that, not talking about that. Because on Mother's Day, help me, Holy Ghost. I don't say Happy Mother's Day to my to my father. All right, so we, we ain't gonna even play that game. We ain't gonna even flow like that, fathers. So we want you to sign up. We would love to see you in worship. Uh this is allowing for us to do some test runs before we open back up um and to start working out potential kinks as far as our uh worship service is concerned. Well listen. Um yes. One more question that came in under it says Pastor, um, how do you address somebody who is using if you have someone that's under cross teaching, how do you address that? Graciously and lovingly, uh with a, with a sense of compassion um um and listen to how they got there, so I think that 's a great question you got to listen to how how they 've gotten there there's a there's a book i 've been reading that I would commend to anyone uh, that that know something about this it 's called Urban Apologetics by Dr. Eric Mason. He compiled uh several black biblical uh historical and cultural and, and social scholars to address. Uh, some of these issues, because in the, the black church, uh, particularly, we're not, for the most part, arguing over how many angels can fit on a pin. We're not, you know, trying to debate or figure out where God come from or the ontological uh, being of God. You know, for many of us, we've settled that. But how do we live that out? These are the things that that book will will address, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Uh, for me as I continue to, to, to read through that book. Uh, and I, I would commend it to anyone um, that it may help them as far as giving them some tools, some handles to um, help talk some people uh, out of situations that they may find themselves in when it comes to false teachings. All right. Blessings upon you all. God bless you all. Lord said the same I will see you all on next Thursday. God bless.